Welcome to the Topeka First podcast. We are one church with several locations. Our mission is to reach our community with the message of Jesus. If you would like to give to support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please visit topekafirst.com slash giving. Enjoy the podcast. Hey, it's great to be here. I was here last week too, but I, I got to just sit there and listen and just hang out. It was so fun to be here on Mother's Day with my wife, but also Jody knocked it out of the park. So if you didn't, if you weren't here last Sunday, and this is a good lead in anyway, but if you weren't here last Sunday, but anytime you miss on a Sunday, you get to listen online and you can listen to the podcast. It's so good. So you can just pick it up. Interesting. This week I was at a graduation party yesterday and somebody said to me, I listened to the message online. I'm like, wow, we knew we posted those. We weren't sure anybody ever listened. But now we're glad we post them online. No, we knew some people listened, but it was really cool just to hear that and to, you know. So anyway, hey, um, I'm going to try and speak English well as opposed to another language because um, people are throwing all kinds of crazy stuff out today, so it's really good. But, um, you know, in life, there's people you want to follow. A year ago, a year ago, not quite a year ago, because I know most of you don't care, okay? But just indulge me for just a moment. But this is PGA Championship weekend. It's like important stuff. Some of you are like, what is he talking about? That's another language. No. Okay. PGA Championship, golf, okay? But a year ago, me and my boys, and actually Greg and Michael got to go as well, but we, we, we went to the PGA Championship, and there were a ton of people following this one guy named Tiger Woods. Truth be told, we were on the, I think it was the third hole at Belle Reve, and we're watching that hole, and as Tiger's group came through, it was like the worst rush hour traffic ever. Like people just followed Tiger and just wanted to see his shots, and it was crazy to hear as, and some of you don't get golf, I understand, just just stay with me for just a moment. We'll get to your kind of illustration. But it was interesting to hear the reactions on Sunday to what Tiger was doing in other places of the golf course. You could literally tell that Tiger had done something based upon the crowd noise. It was an incredible experience. It was kind of fun. Right? But, but people want to follow Tiger. But the truth is, People want to follow other people for a reason, right? On social media, some of you are into that whole social media thing, and, you know, we follow people for what they post. I mean, on Facebook, people follow others to keep up with what's going on in their lives, right? There are parents that learn things about their children on Facebook, I mean, there's some things they probably ought to tell their parents before they learn on Facebook, but, but now here's the other deal. There are parents following the children, so the children are like, I'm not using Facebook anymore. I'm going to go to Instagram or Twitter. If you don't use social media, it's okay. But on Twitter, people follow people because of what they're going to say in 140 characters or less. 
Well, some people follow because of the quotes they're going to hear. Some people follow because they're funny. There's a couple funny ones. If you're in, on Twitter, you've ever seen this, but there's a couple places that are really funny, and their tweets are great. One is Wendy's. Wendy's is a great... Some of you are like, what is he talking about? See, I was going to stay in English, and I didn't, for those of you that don't. And then the Lawrence Police Department is hilarious. I know it's really kind of crazy. You're like, what in the world are you talking about? Okay. Look, if you don't get this whole social media thing, it's okay. But really, people follow other people in many ways because they like what they hear or they like what they see. They're intrigued by something. They're intrigued by abilities. They're intrigued by something. They're intrigued by what's going on. So for some of you, I would ask you this question. Who's your most interesting follow on Twitter or Instagram? For others of you, I'd ask you this. Who is the person that you're following the most? Who's the most influential person in your life? Who are you following? And I realize it's a little bit of a weird intro. Stick with me. You'll understand. So what we're about to read comes from sort of to the end of Jesus' public teaching. Jesus has had a few run-ins with the religious leaders of his day, and he hasn't exactly been kind to them. In fact, Jesus talked directly to their face about them, <laughs> and they didn't understand. One thing the religious leaders understood was this. They didn't like Jesus, and they wanted to kill him. That they understood. So we find this story in John chapter 10 that Jesus tells the people gathered, describing the religious leaders. There had been a long history of poor leadership among the Jewish people. The 300, 500 years prior to Jesus, there was kind of this leadership vacuum. Jesus described those people as false leaders. What we're about to read probably took place around the time the Jewish people were celebrating Hanukkah, as we see in verse 22. And it's the only mention of Hanukkah in the Scriptures. And in verse 22, it says, It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. Hanukkah was also known as the festival of the lights. It, it was a celebration of the second dedication of the temple as a result of a, a revolt led by Judas Maccabeus. And Hanukkah was a time when the Jewish people were asking tough questions about failed leadership and false shepherds. So it's against that backdrop that Jesus tells this story. In John chapter 10, verse 1, it says this, I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens 
the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what it meant. So he explained it to them. I tell you the truth. I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep did not listen to them. Yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will abandon the sheep because they don't belong to him and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice and they will, there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I sacrificed my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily. For I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again. For this is what my Father has commanded. When he had said these things, the people were again divided in their opinions about him. Some said, he's demon-possessed and out of his mind. Why listen to a man like that? Others said, this doesn't sound like a demon-possessed man. Can, I, can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And so we look at this story and we look at what Jesus is teaching. There's a couple of things that we have to figure out here that we have to kind of talk about in order to understand the passage because everyone in Judea would have understood the shepherd and the sheep. They also would have understood the desert. They would have understood the person coming and trying to attack. They, they would have, or the, the predator coming to attack the sheep. So let's first talk about the shepherds. Shepherds were very common in the first century. Um, I don't understand shepherds real well, and I'm guessing that most of us don't. You may understand them better than I do, but, but truth be told, we don't see a lot of shepherds in Kansas. We don't see a lot of shepherds in the United States, really, if you think about it, in the terms of what the first century was. Shepherds led their sheep. I mean, you've all probably seen the weird like cat videos online where you see the guy leading a trail of cats behind him. Like if you can herd cats, you're amazing. Because cats have their own minds. Like they're their own people. Like they're just like, they look at you. Say, you're crazy, right? Cats are just weird like that. Have you ever been to our house? 
our cat will make you think she's your friend for 30 seconds. And then she's taking a piece of you. She's whoosh, this is the way she works. Shepherds led their sheep. They cared for them. And they owned them. Not, not necessarily in a legal sense all the time, but they owned their sheep in a care sense. It is a business principle, a leadership principle that, that says if you want to create a great company or great organization, hire people that think and act like owners, not managers. That's exactly what a good shepherd did in the first century. Whether they owned the sheep or not, they worked like they owned them. Now, a good shepherd loved the sheep. And they named them all. How crazy is that? I know. I've seen some of your dogs. Like some people, like they pull up their phones, they're like, look at my grandkids and my dogs. <laughs> when I read this, I thought of the 101 Dalmatians. Now, it seems weird. I mean, 101 you know, sheep, I don't know. But 101 Dalmatians, do you realize they were named? The Dalmatians were named. I'll give you a few of the names. Lucky, Thunder, Rolly, Patch, Pepper, Penny, Cadpig, Freckles, Purdy, Wizard, Jewel, Dipstick, Two-Tone, Fidget, and Spotty. Just a few. Each night, as the shepherd brought the sheep into safety, he would name them off. Remember the familiar parable that, that Jesus told about the lost sheep. Remember, suppose a shepherd has a hundred sheep and loses one. Won't he leave the 99 and go look for the one sheep? How would a good shepherd know? I mean, come on, seriously, a hundred sheep? I'm barely able to keep track of my children. Let alone a hundred sheep. Look, I have trouble with a set of twins. Tell them don't part. You've been around twins? You're like, which one am I talking to? I don't know you. Which one? You don't want to use your name because you're going to be wrong. A good shepherd knows the sheep. He knows them by name. He knows them different from the other ones. And when he goes looking for the nine, it's not because he just counted Looking for the one. He's not like counted just the night. It's not because he just had, took a head count. He knows his sheep. But here's another thing. Oftentimes, when, when shepherds brought their sheep together at night, they would, you know, they would put them in a pen of some sort, and we'll get to that in a moment, but oftentimes multiple shepherds kept their sheep together at night. So they would get a few flocks of sheep together and they would bring them into a pan and, and then the next day they would go off to pasture again. But, but they would separate their sheep out. Could you imagine? Like they didn't brand them. Right? It's not like cattle of today. They didn't brand them, stick a little, you know, spray paint them as they come in at night. They don't, you know... Hey, I got red tonight, guys. You know, no, they didn't do that. How did they do that? Could you imagine separating sheep? Hundreds of sheep going, 
No, that one's mine. I can see some fist fights breaking out over that one. Seriously. But the shepherd led the sheep. And so when the shepherd wanted to go out to pasture, even if they were come to a watering hole and, and they were gathered with other shepherds and there were other flocks there, when the shepherd wanted to go, he would start to walk away and start to talk or make some kind of musical noise that the sheep recognized. And they would just follow the shepherd. They would hear and they would follow. They could tell the distinctness of the voice of their shepherd as opposed to another shepherd. And they would follow. They would simply just communicate. And the sheep would follow. See, it becomes really important that, that sheep knew the voice of their shepherd because they needed to be able to get the sheep to safety or get the sheep to places where at night they would be protected from harm. Now, I want you just for a moment to pretend this is nighttime and you're a shepherd and you're bringing your sheep into this room. And at night you would bring them in, but you would lead them in. And then what you would do is you would create walls. And if you could find a place that you could have walls on three sides and you just had to build one wall to, to, to pr provide safety, you would do that. That's what the good shepherds would do, and they'd leave one doorway. And the only way in through the doorway was through the shepherd who knew the sheep and was going to keep them safe. So when you talk about the desert, there are those that would know this better than me, but, but when, you, when you talk about the desert to understand what's going on, the desert runs all along the eastern side of Judea. And it runs for thousands of miles east, and it runs to Iraq and Iran and all that thing. But, but it's only a 45-minute walk probably over the Mount of Olives to get to the place where Jesus probably was tempted in the wilderness and, and to know that the desert was right there. And there were times in the year where it would turn into a place where they would use it as a place where they could take their flocks to graze. From October to March, a good rain would suddenly make the desert bloom with a surprising number of plants. Great, make excellent pasture for the sheep. But for the most of the year, the desert was not a good place. Water was scarce, food was rare, and dangers were everywhere. There'd be cliffs and places where there'd be drops. It would be dangerous for sheep. And the shepherd would lead the sheep. And so the, 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 the shepherds would create these waist-high walls that they had to, to create a safe place and a safe place for sheep to come in. It was for safety. And in the desert moments, it was really important because the predators were everywhere. We, we live in a culture that's a little bit like a desert east of Judea. There are places, there's pitfalls everywhere. There, there's things that we face or experiences that can happen that will cause difficulty for us. 
And, and you know, honestly, it's not the blatant immorality, but that's huge. It's honestly the greatest challenge that we probably face today is a slow erosion of our listening to the voice of the shepherd. Allowing other voices to crowd Jesus out and push Christ out of our lives. First off, Jesus serves as the gate. Jesus is the gate. He is providing protection and confidence for our lives. Jesus loves us. Just like the shepherd loved his sheep and would give up his life for the sheep. That's exactly what Jesus does for you and I. He gave his life up for us. You, you can only enter one way into the sheepfold. You can only enter one way, and that is through Jesus. Now, there, there's all kinds of thoughts and theories out there in our culture. They're going to tell us there's many ways to get to God. Jesus says that's not true. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You can't design your own way to God. Jesus is who he said he was, and we have to trust in what he did. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And Jesus did that for you and I. Verse 17 tells us, the Father loves me because I sacrifice my life so I may take it back again. No one can take my life from me. I sacrifice it voluntarily for I have the authority to lay it down when I want to and also to take it up again for this is what my Father has commanded. Like when you think about the power of that statement that Jesus gave his life no one took it from him. I realize that we look at that whole week leading up to Easter, and we look at Easter, and we look at all that, and we think, oh my goodness, that's so wrong. That's so not right. I mean, he didn't even get a fair trial. And we're Americans. I mean, we're unfair, right? We're, we're tired of this whole thing of people getting unfair trial. We, we see this unfair trial of Jesus. But the only reason he had unfair trial is because he was laying down his life. We know multiple times in the scriptures where we see that Jesus was, the, the people wanted to kill him, right? They're like, but they wanted to kill Jesus. But Jesus slipped away. Right? He, he comes to a place where he knows this is the moment, this is the hour, this is the time to lay down my life and I'm going to do it willingly because he loves us. He loves the sheep. He loves you and I. He laid down his life 2,000 years ago for us to experience his forgiveness and his grace. So, this morning, the question for you at some level is have you accepted Jesus' grace and his love? Have you accepted the free gift that He is giving to you? Have you trusted in Him for salvation, for, for forgiveness of your sin? That's the starting point. That, that's the beginning for us. If you've not done that, I'm praying that today is your day. 
That today is the day you begin a life of following Jesus. You begin a life of following the good shepherd. The one who loves you, cares for you, and laid down his life for you. Yeah, there's a lot of good follows on Twitter. But there's one good follow in life. And that'd be Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus, the next kind of instruction that we probably should learn from this is be careful with your life to point people to Jesus. Are you worth following? Is your life worth following? Like we're all called to be shepherds at some level. We're to follow Jesus. We're to bring people to Him. And we're to lead them there. And we're supposed to help them follow Him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's our responsibility. We're to, to kind of shepherd people, to, to encourage people towards Jesus. And, well, who are you leading? And are you living a life worth following. I get the Lawrence Police Department's funny to follow on Twitter. But is your life worth following? Would you have the confidence to say, as Paul did, follow me as I follow Christ? If you can't confidently answer that question, well, I think that ought to be your prayer today. Lord, help me to live a life that's worth following. One other thought to learn from this passage. Don't listen to the myriad of voices pushing you away from Jesus. Look, there's plenty of people in our world today they're going to say that Jesus isn't who He said He was. There's going to be a lot of thoughts and theories that people are going to push towards who Jesus isn't. You have to keep listening to the voice of the shepherd and trusting who He is. Look, there's a lot of great reasons to believe that Jesus is who He said He was, right? We're going to have to accept that by faith at some level, but you, you can have all kinds of conversations where people say, well, you know, I mean, what about, like, like is, this a, is this a new earth or is it old earth? Is, is evolution this or is evolution that? Or how's this or what, what happened here? I don't really care at some level. It comes down to the person of who is Jesus. Having a conversation recently with somebody and, and, and they were trying to have the conversation about all the other things. And I said, no, my, my one question for you is, is Jesus who He said He was? Do you believe Jesus lived on this planet? Well, yeah but I'm not sure I can believe that he died. Because, you know, some say that when the sponge went to his mouth, that he's on the cross, and he kind of put him asleep. But I said, yes, some believe that. But what happened when the spear went through his side? 
what happened with the nails in his hands and his feet. He's nailed to a cross. I'm just suggesting to you that when they thrust the spear through his side, medical technology is a little better today than it was in the first century. Spear through the side, if they get to him quick, might, but you puncture the heart, baby. He ain't coming back. Jesus didn't just do a little swoon dive on the cross. They put him in a grave because he was dead. But to top it off, you got to think about this for just a minute. What would one of your siblings have to do in order to convince you they were God? They better raise from the dead. <laughs> I just think about Jesus' brother James, who didn't believe as Jesus walked this planet. What did it take for James, the brother of Jesus, to believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Messiah? called resurrection from the dead. So much so that James then writes a little letter back in the back of our Bible that's James, a servant of our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't call himself the brother of Jesus. He calls himself a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was convinced that Jesus was who he said he was. And so when we look at this, we need to listen to the voice of the shepherd. There's going to be plenty of voices trying to get us to walk a different path. Listen to the voice of the shepherd who went to the cross, who proved he was the Messiah by rising from the dead, and he's worth following today. So who's the most, per most important person you're following? My prayer is the most important person you're following is the person of Jesus Christ. And that you, as you follow Him, are leading others to Him. And your life's worth following as you point others to the Good Shepherd who leads His sheep. You want to Train yourself. Hear the voice of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. How do you do that? Spend time in God's Word. Spend time in His presence. Spend time allowing others who are pointing you toward Jesus to pour in your life. You want to hear the voice of Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. That's how you're going to follow in the midst of all that's going on, in the midst of all the chaos of our world. It's Jesus who is the most important person to follow today. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for this time. I pray, Lord, that you speak in these moments. That you will speak as we close it. God, as you have spoken to people, that Lord, there will be people that hear your voice potentially for the first time. People will respond to your invitation. The invitation of the Savior of the world, the Good Shepherd. The Shepherd that laid down his life for the sheep. Laid down his life that we might have life ourselves life eternal Lord thank you Lord I pray well, if there's anybody in this room today that doesn't 
know you, has not committed their life to following you. I pray, God, that they would make a decision today to follow you over all the other voices, all the other things. They would commit to following Jesus, the one who defeated death, hell, and the grave worth following with our lives today. Lord, for people who are already following you, Lord, may you become the strongest voice in our ears. May we train ourselves to hear your voice through your word. God, that the voices that we hear in our lives, we would find the way to distinguish as sheep did with the shepherd, the voice of the true shepherd, the good shepherd. Lord, we respond to your voice in our lives and do what you've called us to do and point others toward you. In Jesus' name.